Sunday Night Health Show podcast. I'm Maureen McGrath, and tonight we talk to Global News reporter Megan Cauley on the effects of alcohol and sleep. We're also going to catch up again with author of The Bio Diet, David G. Harper, PhD, and one of the people he has coached. Are you tired of online dating? Matchmaker Annie Cranfield discusses your other options for meeting the one in 2020. Are you a couple who's not having sex? You're not alone. But why is sex good for you, and how can you have more? Good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Health Show. I am Maureen McGrath a registered nurse, nurse continence advisor, and a sexual health educator. Lovely to be with you this evening. It is always a pleasure to uh, be with you, and thank you so much for joining me. Your health is your wealth, and preventive health is what this show is all about. Through the expertise of my amazing guests and storytelling, along with review of the scientific-based evidence, I hope to educate you on the benefits of good health. I want you to be happier, healthier, more productive, and feel incredible. And guess what? I also talk about sex, because sex facilitates feelings of intimacy, which is a lot more than make you feel warm and fuzzy all over, it helps your overall health. People often underestimate the physical benefits associated with health. So that's that time to put those kids to bed if they are not 35 and not launched yet. Um, The young ones, if it's inappropriate, uh, the chatter that we have toward the end of the program, um, you might want to consider that. Uh, Also, if you have a question for me or any of my guests tonight, the number to call is 1-877-399-9898. You can always email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com. Keep in mind, this program is not a replacement for a visit to your doctor for whatever ails you. So tonight on the program, we're going to be talking about Blue Monday. That's tomorrow. Bio diets. Once again, we're into week three of the journey, and I'm going to share with you some of the progress that I have made uh, and some of the foibles and the troubles as well. (laughs) Anyway, also going to talk about sex because we talk about sex on every single program of the Sunday Night Health Show. We slip it in there somehow. Sleep, matchmaking, and emotional neglect. First, I want to say good evening to Tim. He's covering the boards tonight. Uh, Thanks so much, Tim. Appreciate that. Um, And right now, I want to talk about alcohol and your sleep. And joining me on the line is Megan Cauley. She's a dedicated global news reporter and editor with a focus on health and fitness, women's issues, and pop culture. And she's a wonderful addition to this program. Thank you so much for joining me, Megan. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, opioids get a bad rap, and they so they should. The drug supply is unpredictable. They're powerful drugs that are routinely prescribed to treat severe pain, but they can also be associated with problematic use, addiction, and or in some cases, fatal overdose. And we've certainly read about that and seen that in this country. But the truth is that alcohol kills more people each year than opioids, results in more hospitalizations, about seven times as many annually than heart attacks. Um, Also, it uh, results in more um, hospitalizations than opioids and also more than heart attacks. And it's one of the most expensive and intractable health problems that we have. But it's so socially acceptable. Don't take away my gin is a common battle cry I hear from some of the ladies in my clinical practice. And you've done some investigative reporting on the effects of alcohol and sleep. Yeah, exactly. So you're absolutely right. It's totally ubiquitous in society. You know, super common if I went into work tomorrow morning and said, oh, on Saturday night, I had a few too many. That's a very common, normal thing, I think. It was widely acceptable. What I think an aspect of it that we don't really talk about very much is actually how it can affect your sleep, whether it's one glass of wine or seven glasses of wine in one sitting, you know, how that's 
lasting into the night. And then it has effects on the rest of your day when you wake up, obviously, because sleep is so important for your overall health. It, it certainly is. And it's related to so much. It's related to depression, mood changes, um, falls and fractures. There's an increased rate. I spoke to a patient just today about the increased risk of falls and fractures because they're getting up in the night. Um, they're probably having a glass or two of wine in the evening. And then they're getting up in the night because of overactive bladder and the need to go to the bathroom. Um, you know, I'm not a drinker, I have to say, uh, full disclosure. I probably have two or three glasses of wine a year, and I regret it every time. <laughs> it doesn't agree with me. So last night I did a little test. <laughs> I had a glass of wine, <laughs> and uh, and you know what? I actually felt like it, and, and uh, a friend came over, and he said, well, I, I brought this for us. <laughs> I'm like, well, what can I do? I have to have a glass then. Uh, he finished off the bottle, but anyway... <laughs> Um, and you know what I have to say, I typically sleep straight through the night, never wake up. I woke up at, you know, I went to bed at like 1130. I woke up at two. Well, I couldn't fall asleep. So I was probably a little bit later. I woke up at two. I woke up at four. I woke up at five and then I had to get up at 630. So, I mean, right there, it affected my sleep. And that's only one reason that I don't actually drink alcohol. It just doesn't agree with me. It, it makes me feel unwell. I get all of the anticholinergic effects. So what did you find in your investigative reporting about how long this lasts? Yeah, so this is the really interesting part is that actually it can last for weeks and months having an impact on your system after you've stopped using. So what one doctor explained to me was that um, for alcoholics who are in recovery and trying to be sober, they might actually be seeing the effects of this on their sleep specifically weeks and months after the day that they, the last time they, they drank alcohol. Um, but immediately, you know, I think more commonly for people who might be drinking in social settings who might like you maybe not drink regularly, but then indulge every once in a while, um, it, it has a huge effect. So, and in a number of ways, so um, probably the two biggest ways that people will recognize right off the top is um, it will make your sleep shorter and the sleep that you do get will be a worse quality. So one doctor I spoke to called this your sleep architecture. So really when we're sleeping, it's a, it's a rhythm and flow of different sleep models or different kinds of sleep. A lot of us have heard of REM, rapid eye movement sleeping, that would be one of those stages in the night. So what alcohol does is it messes up that flow and that rhythm, and it makes it harder for your body to go right into full deep sleep. And that is the really important part of sleep is my understanding is this is where things happen. Like if your memory is restored, like if you have cuts or bruises, this is the part of sleep where your body is constantly actively working on improving your health and fixing the things that happen during the day. So alcohol really almost cuts that out the night after. Um, and the sleep that you do get is just really poor quality. You're aware of sleeping, you're um, tossing and turning. You could be suffering from some things like overheating. You could feel really hot. As you said, active bladder is a huge one. So you're getting up in the night to go to the bathroom. Um, it really ranges from person to person, but by and large, alcohol and sleep are not 
not mixing well here. Not not a good cocktail. <laughs> that's that's no. for sure. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and it also then will affect your productivity the next day. I, I've heard that before from people because I've actually never alcohol has just never agreed with me. But some people have said, "Well, you don't. You got to just keep drinking. Just be powering through." <laughs> like I would have just <laughs> had the most miserable life <laughs> because I get headaches. Uh, nasal congestion, earaches, heart palpitations, nausea, uh, dry, dry mouth. Um, and I also crave um, filet of fish, large fry, and a large Coke mm, from McDonald's. Don't we all? <laughs> yes. Sure. Um, and, I have to, and I have to have this giant breakfast as well. And then I'm taking Tylenol, Codeine, Neo, Citrine, Gravel. Like, I feel horrible. It is not worth it um, for me. I did have almost a glass last night, and it wasn't the, the thing that it affected mostly, but it may have been top of mind, was my sleep. I actually felt okay today. But I did go back to bed, which I typically don't do, and I slept till 11. <laughs> 7 to 11. So it impacts your day. But, you know, as a, as a society, we accept alcohol as, you know, as much as the air we breathe. The, some of the doctors that you spoke to, do they see this alcohol use or alcohol use disorder um, as an issue in uh, their clinical practices? We didn't really speak about that when I was interviewing for this story, but I, I have seen this and heard stories in just my larger research, especially when it comes to alcohol, like really any drug use. I think the weird part about alcohol that I always hear doctors talking about is that it's almost um, past the point of people thinking of it as a drug. Like I always think of that wine mom culture uh, that has sort of become a talking point, I think, especially ab- among moms. But I'm super fascinated by it because it's one, it's the only drug where a mom could say, oh, I'm going to go home and, you know, ha- enjoy this bottle of wine to take the stress off the day. And everyone's like, oh, that's so relatable. I totally get it. Instead of being like, maybe that's the problem. Um, and I'm just, I think my my feeling from experts is that this is, this really stems from misinformation and, and yeah, like you said, that society, that social acceptance of it. So I think, you know, in writing stories like this and in talking about all the adverse effects of something like this, it can at least help people be more aware about what we're dealing with because it really is a drug with the same potency as, you know, other drugs that you, you think of. Oh, for sure. I, I wonder, I, I went one time to a, uh, an educational session for the school system and, and they said, we're going to talk to you about the most common drug that your children are using. And so they said it right off the bat and they said alcohol. And then, you know, well into the presentation, the parents were all saying, what's the drug? What's the drug? <laughs> they already mentioned it. The drug is alcohol. Nobody thought of it as a drug. Uh, but any mind altering substance is a drug. Um, the other thing is there's a lot of marketing to um, moms today, right? There's all, you know, pink cocktails and, you know, all sorts of things that help help it go down faster. But by the same token, there's also, I don't know if you've seen this, but on Facebook, there's a lot of, um, you know, one year, no beer, like kind of sober. Mm-hmm. There's this sort of, um, you know, people are actually saying they're feeling better by not drinking alcohol. Yeah, this is really interesting. We talk about this a lot amongst my colleagues, actually, because there are a few of us who are sober or are trying to cut back. And I think that this is actually pointing to this larger shift that's happening with 
younger generations, but also across the board, I think, where we're more willing to talk about the more taboo topics that we maybe wouldn't be so honest about 10, 15 years ago. I think more and more people are comfortable saying, oh, I struggle with anxiety in the same way that they're saying, I don't like the way alcohol makes me feel. It's fun in the moment, but then, you know, for 24 hours after the fact, I just feel miserable. And I'm not going to give in just because I feel like I am feeling pressure or like I want to be a part of the cool kids or, you know, I want to um, enjoy what everybody else is enjoying. Instead, I'm going to say, oh, I'm sorry, you know what, I'm not interested in that tonight can I just get a club soda or can I get a mocktail can I just get a water for now I think what we're seeing now is this larger shift and people are actually comfortable saying oh I'm sober I'm not interested in that and that's pretty exciting yeah I think that's a great thing as well as the work that you're doing so thank you so much Megan um, for for doing this report and where can people access this and and when this is on globalnews.ca right now so it's Fantastic. Called, yeah, drinking tonight. <laughs> yes, I did last night and I regret it. <laughs> anyway, Megan, thank you so much for joining me on the line. We'll definitely get you back with some of your health uh, stories, some more of your health stories and women's issues. They're all very interesting. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Thank you so much for joining me. Always my pleasure to be with you. Uh, And it's also my pleasure to have Dr. David G. Harper, PhD, in the studio to talk about the bio diet. Uh, We're going to review my progress. Yes, as you already know, if you've just tuned in, you may not have heard that I already had one foible, at least. (laughs) I drank a glass of wine. David, thank you so much for joining me, (laughs) which I never do. And it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. But I I live and breathe this radio show. And it was really for a test because we were doing the alcohol and sleep segment. So I thought, let's see how this goes. And the wine was pretty darn good. It was just okay. It was an experiment. Okay. We'll it you, was, it was. I can't help it if the bio diet conflicts with the sleeping as well. Yeah, and that's one of the things, you know, if you, if you do slip a bit, don't beat yourself up. Just get exactly. back, on the, back, yeah. back on the horse and get back at it. Absolutely. So I just quickly, I'll review my progress. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. I'm not a big... Um, I am not a big uh, carb and, you know, so I kind of went a little too fast probably into it. So I had taken out all of the sugar that was done, um, except for that one glass of alcohol. Um, I went to sweeteners. I did have some sugar-free candy. I ordered my MCT oil, but it hasn't arrived yet. Okay. Um, But I didn't have... I I had actually taken out the potatoes, the cereal, the pasta, the bagels. I didn't have any of those either. So you did week two and week one. I did. I did. <laughs> Which is probably why you had some of those symptoms. And this is one of the questions we had was, was uh, you know, can you go into this quickly? People want to get started quickly. And I know that, but people need to be patient. Mm-hmm. You're changing your metabolism and you don't really want to do that quickly. If you do, then that's when you run into what we call the keto flu or symptoms of that, which is dizziness, uh, some lightheadedness, uh, which is usually low blood pressure and maybe cravings and maybe even some nausea and so on. So the whole idea of the bio diet uh, is to actually ease you into it safely so you don't have those symptoms. And I did have those symptoms on Thursday morning. I went into my <laughs> office. It does come on suddenly, doesn't I it? I was sometimes? lightheaded yeah. and, and I thought it was a result because I'd had a cold a little bit mm. prior to and I thought it was a result of that but when I took my blood pressure it was much lower than my blood pressure is normally like 90 over 60 so That's I had pretty, pretty low, anyway. low blood pressure and so it was reading at about like 78 <laughs> over 50. So if you're in the hospital they'd be getting the paddles out Right, here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I just, you know, had some coffee 
sweaty and fluid and walked a bit. <laughs> good, and, you know. Good, yes. Uh, had something to eat, but yep. I, I didn't go the carb thing. I just went with yeah. Plain you know what? In a pinch, you can have like a piece of pineapple or something like that yeah, if yeah. you really just need to get your blood sugar up for a Ooh, little bit. Oh wow! But, uh, I thought yeah. you were going to say a brownie. <laughs> well, let's not do that. <laughs> no. So, but I have lost about almost five pounds. Fantastic. And it's I've probably lost mostly in, water. I, sadly. How, how to? Yeah. I, I, go ahead. Burst my bubble. <laughs> and no, no, but it's great no, because people feel they see the weight loss. I do loss. feel better. They yeah. feel a little bit like they're close yes. to a bit better, and that's really that's the positive reinforcement you need when you're doing that's this ex- sort of thing. Absolutely. And I've lost an inch from my waist. Nice. And I've about a half an inch from my hips, nice. which of course is um, the bigger problem. And that's really, you know, long term, it's really your waist size. That's what I'm most interested in. Right. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm more interested in the hip size, but anyway, that's fine. Um, so that's my update. And okay. so if you've, um, we had, I had lots of people email me questions mm-hmm. for you. Um, in fact, uh, we've covered a couple of them. But uh, so lots of people on LinkedIn are connecting and, and sending me private messages. And I don't know why diet is so uh, <laughs> um, confidential, but a lot of people uh, do feel that. So sure. one question was, how do I get off the sugar? Any tips? Well, this is what we're doing is we're weaning you off the sugar. Um, it is good just to get it out of your system for a while. It, it's, it's developing new habits that are good habits to replace the old habits. Now, sugar, there's actually a couple of studies that have come out recently there. It can be almost as addictive in the same way that some addictive drugs can be. It does affect your brain. Uh, they've uh, had a recent study out just last week that talked about how children's brains can be affected by sugar in just 12 days. It can really affect their craving I for saw sugar. That. So when you're craving that, it's kind of like your uh, withdrawal. And so what you need to do is substitute something that will give you pleasure, which is the high fat foods. Oh, okay. Good idea. I hadn't thought of that because mm-hmm. I was getting a little hungry. I don't know how that, how long that be keto. Food. Hungry or hangry? No, no, I never, okay, get, I never get hangry okay, ever. Um, I was getting a little hungry and a little weak. Maybe I don't know if it was still the keto flu, but I had what I've taken to doing is have an apple. Yeah, see, there's a lot of carbs in apple, and there's a lot of sugar in apple. Oh, so I'd so way rather good. you have some nuts or okay. you know some cheese, some okay. high fat cheese. But right really? now we're not. Okay. You know, I think you went on it a little too hard. I think I did. So what we want to do? <laughs> what we want to do? So last week we did the the swam. You know, we get the sugar out of the diet. Yep. We drink lots more water. We get the alcohol out of the diet, except for marine one time, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 then the MCT oil. We'll talk about that next week because some people can start easy with maybe a teaspoon a day, and we'll talk about some of the symptoms of that when you get your MCT oil. And the type they need to get is the C8. Well, they can get any type, but the C8 oh. is the best one because right. that's the one that converts completely to ketones in the liver. Okay. okay. So well, that's the other the one ones are, are cheaper, though. It's more expensive, so it depends on your... Uh... It's not that. It wasn't that expensive. I can't even right. remember what it was. But Hey, did you uh, experience any GERD, any reflux or anything? GERD is uh, gastroesophageal reflux disorder, right? That's a condition, but... Yes. No, I no. did not experience some, any. Some people do. Um, but actually, it turns out that uh, Dr. Eric Westman, who, who's you know one of the keto gurus out there at uh, Duke uh, University Medical Center, uh, he he's counseled thousands of people on this, and he said ninety nine point something percent of the patients he has that he puts on ketogenic diets that have GERD, it resolves and almost within a couple of days, so they don't need to take any more drugs. I did so. have a question about yeah. that. It was dear mm. Maureen and David. I was mm. wondering if somebody who has GERD does the, and does the bio diet does that help to relieve the symptoms like coughing and acid backup? in the esophagus or excess mucus throat clearing. And I think a lot of people don't realize that coughing is also a symptom of, can be a symptom of GERD. Of GERD, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you're saying that within a few days it clears up? 
That's the evidence from wow. Dr. Westman, yeah, and, and in my experience too. Yep. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. So okay. can we talk about what we're going to do in the week to come? Let's do it. This is week two. So this is still part of the um, bio-preparation period. We're going to do the hard uh, bio-adaptation starting next week. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing in week two is we're going to, first in week one we got rid of sugar, we're going to get rid of the uh, high glycemic index starch. And glycemic index is basically a measurement of how quickly foods convert to glucose, which is blood sugar, when you eat it. So that apple, for instance, actually has a pretty high high glycemic index, although the soluble fiber in there helps to moderate that some degree. So what we want to do is get rid of the high glycemic index foods, which include things like, uh, well, assuming you've already got rid of all the cookies and things because you're not eating sugar. So, so breads, bagels, muffins, um, except those egg muffins that I brought in today. And we'll they were delicious. Okay. And we'll they sound... Put that recipe out there somehow? Yeah, let's okay. do it. I'll, I'll put that recipe on okay. um, Twitter or wherever, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Um, but they tasted like a muffin. I was expecting them to taste like an egg drop. Yeah. And they are those egg things that, you know, some of the... Um, right, yeah. No, no, I'm a fantastic cook, actually. So. Yeah, yeah, they, they tasted like a muffin because you used some flour in them, right? I did, some, some yeah, co- uh, coconut flour. Perfect. And, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, put the, we'll put the recipe out there. Okay. So get rid of those things. Get rid of, um, you know, pasta and noodles. There are, now, there are some keto-friendly noodles, which we can talk about in weeks to come. Uh, any kind of cereals, including porridge or oatmeal. Kind of, oatmeal is actually very high glycemic index. And, uh, you know, any kind of potatoes. Now, I know people are going to say, what about sweet potatoes? And that, aren't they good for you? Sure, they are. But we want to get rid of all the root vegetables. And we're going to go even more into that uh, uh, next week. So, so that's what I call the kitchen detox, is to get rid of all that stuff. Okay. And then what we want to do in preparation for the bioadaptation, which is when we really go very low carb, is what I call the kitchen restock. Um, so what to have uh, in the coming week. So sometime during the week, uh, you know, go to the grocery store, get your high fat dairy. Don't, don't buy any more low fat, any dairy, all the highest fat stuff you can get. You can get about 11% yogurt, for instance. And so it'll Greek say it, yogurt. Yeah, it'll say it has some sugar in it, but that's actually fermented into the lactic acid. Right. So that's okay. Uh, so high fat dairy that's unsweetened, um, whatever protein sources you like, whether you're vegan or vegetarian or, or uh, carnivore or whatever. So they uh, people can eat ma- oh, um, yeah. meat, steak, yeah, steak and bacon, fish. no problem, huh? Yep. Okay. All that, eggs, all right. nuts, all that sort of thing. All right. Uh, healthy fats, and that should include uh, fish oil supplements. And all I think right. we mentioned that last week. Um, the omega three fatty acids in fish oil is great. Um, nuts and seeds are good. Stay away from like cashews; they're pretty high carby. But um, you okay. know, walnuts and, and pecans are really nice. Okay. Uh, almond butter is good, so replace your peanut butter with almond butter. And you can have some uh, fruit and berries this week too. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna eliminate those for a while uh, next week. So that's sort of the oh. the main thing. But the other thing is we're you eliminating know, berries next week. Yeah, just for a while. Oh, how, just for a while. How, how yeah, we're going to eliminate all the fruit for a little bit, just oh, okay. because it contains uh, fructose, okay. which is in the sugar. In there. All right. So the other thing is to also reward yourself. You know, congratulate yourself. It's a very positive thing. If you made it through week one, okay, you've cut sugar out of your diet. What we're going to do is it takes about six weeks to actually develop new eating habits. Mm-hmm. So that's why you can't just do this thing suddenly and you shouldn't view it as a short-term calorie-restricted thing. Right. So when you're taking these starches out of your diet, you need to be adding more healthy fats. So these are things like grass-fed butter, uh, olive oil, macadamia oil, um, avocado oil, and any of the fats that come with the animal products as well. Those are all going to be good for you. So, so you have to up those because we don't want you to calorie restrict because that could actually lower your metabolism and that kind of defeats the whole weight loss. And while we're talking about weight loss, that's not the main purpose of the bio diet, which is actually to improve your health and reduce your risk of chronic disease. Absolutely. And um, so I'm going to put this on LinkedIn as well, which I did last week, and we'll put it on social media, what to eliminate from your kitchen, what to 
to restock your kitchen with. And this, you'll actually pay less for groceries you um, when you live this way as well. But but um, if you don't believe me about, I know that weight loss is an issue and for yeah, some yeah. people and health is another issue. If you don't believe me about this, and I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, no, no. Go ahead if you want to. No. Um, why don't you, we hear from somebody that you've coached through this um, bio diet and see what they have to say. So joining us Absolutely, next. sure. We're talking about the bio diet with David G. Harper, PhD. We started this a couple of weeks ago. Lots of people who have joined in and they've notified me by email. And you can always email questions, nursetalk at hotmail.com. We may not answer them this week, but we will certainly answer them in the upcoming weeks. Dr. Harper has stayed in the studio with me to answer any questions you might have. So if you want to give us a call, 1-877-399-9898. Joining me on the line is Kim. And Kim has followed the bio diet bio diet and has had tremendous success not only in her health but in her weight loss good evening kim hi maureen thanks for having me oh thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story dr harper's in the studio with me hi dr harper (laughs) hi kim nice to talk to you in person (laughs) so kim uh tell me a little bit about your story you tried to uh, lose some weight in the past and didn't have all that much success and uh so tell me what uh went on for you Okay, well, I have a rare fat disorder, but I've lost 31 pounds and five inches off my waist in just five months. That's amazing. Congratulations. Pardon me? That's amazing. And I said congratulations. Thanks. Well, I have a rare fat disorder that has disease fat and obesity fat, and the obesity fat can be reduced. Bio diet was a bit technical with the science in places, honestly, but it's exactly what attracted me to it. I reread that part often, and I pick up more each time I read it. Honestly, bio diet and Dr. Harper's coaching has really changed my life. Aw, Kim, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's really it's wonderful to hear. And you've got to pat yourself on the back, yeah. too, because it does take discipline and persistence and sacrifice. Uh, Absolutely. To but do this. I tried keto last year, and I only managed to lose 22 pounds. I was struggling and forced to end the diet after two visits to the emergency from irritable bowel issues. And the last emergency doctor was not very happy with me, scolding me that keto was nothing but a fad. Once again, I felt like a failure. I gave up, and I gained back all 22 pounds and then some. Well, this spring, I was struggling with my health, and the weight had become too much to carry for me. So I started thinking about keto again, and when I, this is when I came across this keto Facebook group that was a video reviewing this Canadian author, Dr. Harper's book, Bio Diet. So I listened in. Well, I reached out to him, told him a bit about my story and my IBS struggles. I got his book and began Dr. Harper's coaching services last August. I knew I needed help. And I really needed to be successful in preparation for my upcoming surgeries to improve my day-to-day life. But to make the removal of my painful disease fat a bit easier for the surgeon. By losing like as much obesity weight as I can will improve my recovery time and I want to be in the best condition I can be. So like this time around, the bio diet science and the step by step guide that moves you into ketosis slowly was just so helpful. And, you know, it's like I also I discovered MCT oil and that it helped me with increased energy and something I have very little of, actually. And it significantly reduced a difficult type of flushing issue that's caused by my fat disorder. I also learned that hydration is so important. 
But I can't say enough about how nice it was to have Dr. Harper's book to refer back on when I was doubting myself or needed to double-check his do's and don'ts and how to stay on track. But rereading the science of things really allowed me to be better understanding why it makes so much sense. Right. The best part, though, has been the support from Dr. Harper and his wife, Dale. Their guidance (laughs) made all the difference for someone like me, you know. Oh, wow. I've lost 31 pounds and five inches off my waist. And how long did that take you? Five you said five months. months yeah. Five months. And I have a question for you about your IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still experiencing those symptoms, which can be chronic uh, diarrhea versus constipation? Are you still having that? I still have my IBS. And the thing is, is it hardly acts up if I can control the bathroom issues. It's and a- through magnesium citrate, avocados, and extra fiber where I can throw it in and not blow my carbs, uh, I do whatever I can. And I've actually not had too many issues, but I've been able to manage them on my own and not had to go to the doctor once. Okay, Dr. That's Hopper, fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's, ama- it's amazing, and yeah. congratulations. Also, a couple other things, too. Yeah. Like My blood pressure has lowered. And I'm hoping to get off those blood pressure meds soon. And, like, it has reduced my pain maybe a notch, which is a big thing for someone like me because I'm in a lot of pain. But, like, I still have 20 pounds to go for my goal. But I've also learned that the number on the scale is definitely not what's important now. It's about my health. Well, and also just the way you're feeling, too. And, and, and uh uh, thanks so much for all for all of that, and and really the the important thing here is you know we've tried a, a number of different things, Kim, over the last five months, yeah. and some things work and some things don't, and and really nutrition is a personalized thing. I'm a mm-hmm. member of the Institute for Personalized Therapeutic Nutrition as well, which is sort of based here in okay. Vancouver. Yeah, and and so you know what you know I can provide some. What I did with the book was just give people that why knowledge as well as the how, which is explaining the science in the simple terms as as we could, Dale and I, uh, so that people like him could could uh, keep that in their head. This is why they're doing it. It's for, it's for good health. And the weight loss is kind of just a bonus, but it's right. a nice bonus. It's, yeah. So why like did she have... Effect. Why did Kim have so much more success with the bio diet versus the keto diet? Why did she struggle so much with the keto diet? Okay, well, the bio diet is a keto diet. So Mm -hmm. keto, it means ketogenic, means you're producing ketones. So Mm -hmm. any really low-carb diet, uh, sometimes some intermittent fasting will produce a state called nutritional ketosis, which is not, by the way, ketoacidosis, which is what a lot of physicians learn about, which is why they're kind of scared of keto diet sometimes. So so the bio diet is what we call a well-formulated ketogenic diet, which means... It's actually clinically formulated. This is the same diet that we use with our, our breast cancer patients at uh, Columbus, Ohio, at the University of uh, Ohio State University. And, uh, and so that means that you're getting full nutrition. You're getting all the fiber you need. You're getting all the vitamins and nutrients you need. It's, it's, it's designed actually by registered uh, dietitians and so on in, in a clinical setting. And so, you may not get that in the keto, the uh, internet keto diet. There are different diet. kinds of keto diets. There's yeah. Some are the really, there's like a four to one they call, which is really specifically for kids with epilepsy, which oh, okay. is a very exciting extreme version. And then there's modified Atkins and there's the more high protein ones. So, you know, um, there's actually, uh, the, the term was, 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 uh, coined by Dr. Stephen Finney, uh, which is a, a well-formulated ketogenic diet. And that's what the bio diet is. So it is a ketogenic diet. I think why it worked with Kim was it does have all those considerations from the science we learned over the last uh, 15 or 20 years about how to do it right. Right. Okay. And, and in his book just provides all the lists, like just look at the food lists and buy that food and eat that food. 
Eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. <laughs> yeah, and those those lists too. By the way, the, the, the grocery list is available on our website too, biodiet.org. If you go to the resources tab, and it's right at the very top of the homepage, you can click on there, and uh, and then there's all the resources there. It's in the appendices is is the grocery list. So just print that off. It's free. You don't have to give us your email or anything, and, and off you go to the grocery store. And, and uh, you know, if you do have the book, it makes it much easier to follow along, of, of course. Of course it does. And Kim, just a quick question. Are you less hungry than you were before? Because I did note that in the one week oh. that I've done this. <laughs> it's it's an incredible change for me. Um, I usually end up eating only one meal a day most days. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm hungry, I just change it and I eat something. But I usually eat something high fat and no carbs, really, because I like to save my carbs for my dinner. Of course. Well, Kim, thank you so much. I wish we had more time to talk to you. Uh, Dr. Harper, you also have a um, contest going on for people? Yeah, well, if you on the website, uh, or you can send it to Maureen, if you send a question in to the show, uh, and we'll try and address all those questions. Some of them we'll have to get to in, a, in weeks to come. Uh, we'll put you in a contest to get one free hour of counseling from me at the end of the 12 weeks. We'll Wonderful. draw randomly for somebody. Welcome to the second hour of the Sunday Night Health Show. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got lots to talk about in this hour of the program as well. I'm going to have a slightly little bit of a different focus um, for those of you who are starting out that new year and already tired of the online dating. We're going to be talking very shortly with matchmaker Annie Cranfield. And also, why are you not having sex if you are one of those couples that are not having sex. Um, and are you a little down? Well, have I got something for you? Not to mention um, low testosterone levels. We're going to talk about some of those symptoms as well and emotional neglect and how that injures a relationship. But first and foremost, I had an email from um, a listener and she has said, uh, here's the email. Hi, Maureen. I am game to meet somebody in 2020, but I am tired of the online dating scene. Do you have any suggestions for alternatives? Well, what do I do when I get a question like that? I invite Annie Cranfield, Cranfield the matchmaker extraordinaire, into the uh, station. And here she is sitting right across from me. Annie, thank you so much for joining thank me. Thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. So I'm sure you hear that a lot. The online yes. dating scene can be a nightmare. Yes. Uh, there are people lie on there, they tell or they may fib or they may exaggerate yes. or their height or their weight or other sizes of other matters. Um, they might not tell about their children or they may, you know, they may not be, they may be married. There's lots of different um, risks online. And so what do you suggest for somebody who wants to meet someone in 2020? Look, I always say that online dating and online apps are a great tool. It really helps us um, meet people that we might or might have not met. It's definitely a filtering process. So it's great if you have the time. If you don't have the time, that's when you sort of call a matchmaker. But I think online dating is is um, it's a great tool. It's like walking into a bar. You just never know who you're going to meet. You know, you can meet somebody at a bar and they might give you the same lies. Um, so I wouldn't discount online dating. It has its struggles. Uh, which I'm happy to get into, but um, it's not an awful tool. It's just if you have the time, then, you know, go for it. Uh, But sometimes people do have issues with it. Yes. Um, And I've actually encountered them myself. Okay. Yes. So, um, some of, what are the, some of the common issues that uh, uh, I mean, the lying about? is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys tend to lie about their height. Uh, I remember back in the time. I think online dating has now taken it off, but it used to ask you how much you earned. And a lot of the times, I found men like to boast about how much they earned when it wasn't. 
I think women typically underestimate how much they earn and, and men exaggerate men how exaggerate. much they earn. Typically. Yeah. And, and you know, that happens also with weight. Um, but I did have a situation where I went to meet somebody I met online and the photo she had posted was completely different than what she was online. So the things that I hear from men are, uh, you know, women tend to use filters. They look completely different um, in person where I actually find men uh, look better because men take terrible photos online. Oh, so do, yes. they, do the men look more yes. real? Is that they just look better? The thing, guys, when they're online, uh, they you know they don't ask their buddies to take photos of them for their online dating profile. They just don't do that. So the photos so they that take they a selfie. they or, take a selfie, which mm-hmm. I always tell men not to. Um, but the alternative is a photo that they took 20 years ago, uh, you know, at a fishing trip with their oh, buddies I and see. they're super far away okay. and they have glasses and a hat on. It could literally be anybody. Right. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the struggle that men are having online is the photo. Exactly. So an up-to-date photo, would you recommend? An up-to-date photo, preferably not a selfie. I would say just get over your embarrassment and ask a friend to take a photo of you. It'll go much further than the selfie one. That's great advice. And and you have a website. Yes, I have a website. And your website is? Thematchmakerclub.com. And and I may I suggest you join. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So for those people who do not, they're tired of online dating. They haven't had much success. Um, You know, there's one after the smorgasbord, they just become part of the smorgasbord for somebody else. Um, What do you suggest in terms of matchmaking? You have to go out. I mean, if you're hiring a matchmaker is totally different than if you're not. Obviously, when you hire a matchmaker, I'm looking specifically for you. So I do online dating for my clients. I sort of do the filtering for them. Uh, But if you can't afford a matchmaker, then you have to go out. You know, I suggest joining meetups. Um, you know, there's so many different meetups as well for different types of hobbies. Join one of a hobby that you like. You're mm-hmm. going to meet people that are like-minded, that share the same commonalities and interests as you. Right. Uh, but the advantage of hiring a matchmaker is that I'm looking specifically for you. Okay. And so how does that actually work that um, somebody, say somebody wants to hire a yeah. Um, a matchmaker? You know, do you meet them for coffee? Yes. Do you get to know who they are? Do they fill out a yes. form? So that's the advantage of meeting a matchmaker. I do everything face to face. So it's, you know, I'm like a recruiter for love, essentially. Uh, if you're used to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, anyways, if you're, if you're somebody love that's recruiter is good. a love recruiter, <laughs> but if you're somebody that's used to, you know, you need to get fit, you hire a fitness instructor, a coach, a coach, you know, you want to follow a specific diet, you hire somebody that's an expert on that. Um, so that's what I do. Once you hire me, I meet everybody face to face, which is the advantage. That's what people are really wanting nowadays. I find they want to get off the online dating platform and they want more face to face. So that's what I provide. I can't guarantee chemistry and love straight away. I say that's entirely down to you. But what I can do is I can introduce you to people that are, you know, that fit the criteria that you think you want. Right. And so do you have a cache of people? Is that how that works? So people join your club and you think, oh, here's Sally and Sally might, 
you know, match up nicely with Bob. So I do have a database, um, you know, but there's no cookie cutter when it comes to love. Sometimes I really have to start from scratch, uh, whether they have a specific something that they're looking for. You know, I had a client once and she was very much into rock climbing and that's what she did in her spare time. So I can't match her up with someone that doesn't want to do that, you know, because that might be a problem for her. So then you just have to start going for me. I start going to events that involve rock climbers and start looking through those people. So it's really specific what I'm looking for. I understand that. I have a friend who um, she was desperate to meet somebody and she's a phenomenal skier. And she said she wanted to meet a great skier. And I have a friend uh, who's, but I'm closer with his ex-wife. Right, <laughs> so right. I couldn't fix her up with <laughs> my friend's ex-husband, right. who's a phenomenal skier, um, because it just crossed the line. You know, yeah. it just wasn't good. Even though my friend has a new guy in her life and, you know, yeah. out with the old and with the new, uh, but it still was uncomfortable. So that's mm-hmm. why it's probably better. Another reason to go to a professional person right. such as yourself. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I might know somebody, but I'm not going to fix him up with you I know. because and, I don't want to hurt my friend. And that happens a lot. You know, when um, when we're single, we kind of rely on our social groups to either set us up or to meet people. But sometimes, you know, there's um, things that come along with that, like this person has already dated this person. There's there's just, uh, what what is the word? I'm losing all my words today. I can't think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, there there's things that come along with that. So I'm completely Certain impartial. Certain circumstances yes. that, yes. I'm completely impartial. So, you know. You're it, unbiased. I'm but unbiased. I'm biased. And even yes. I had pressure from other friends saying, why don't you pick so-and-so yeah. up with it? And I just said, I can't do it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm too loyal to my friend, even though yes. she's over him. And th- that's what my friends were trying to say, but I knew it wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. And I hear that all the time as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not a bad idea to um, fix up friends. Um, you know, if you think of somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that might be another suggestion for people yeah. who... Um, ask your friends. Yeah, ask yeah. your friends and uh, to fix them up. Yeah, I find sometimes people don't want to advertise that they're looking for whatever reason they think it's, you know, something to be ashamed of, but it's not. It's like, you know, your perfect guy is not going to come knock at your house if he doesn't know where you live. That's exactly right. So yeah. you have to put yourself out there. Yes, and um, recently I've, I'm in the midst of fixing somebody up right now, but to okay. be honest with you... It's like, a lot of I work. Have, I have... And you're telling me, I haven't got a clue if the two of these will actually have the chemistry because in part, um, I don't really know her. Mm. Um, you know, too well. I know him, right, right, and and he wasn't over his ex-wife for a long right, time, right. and so now he we is. We talked and about he's him ready. last time. We did, yes, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell him to just call me? <laughs> That's the next step. All oh, right, good. <laughs> I forgot, uh, but I don't know if she will like him yeah. or he will like her. Who knows, right, right? right? But you know what? What the heck? But that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the advantage that I have as a matchmaker too. I sit down with both parties right. for about an hour. I mean, with the, my client, I already know so much because it's more of an hour process. But when I find somebody, I usually mm-hmm. end up going for coffee with them. And most likely than not, it will be an hour meeting. And so when you're talking about love, a lot of things come up. So I actually get to know somebody pretty well. And people are forthcoming with are me. Are they all in the club? Like, does when you say, when I meet somebody, like, well, so you've got the client. they're not and in then, my database. Oh, they may not be in your they database. They might not be in my but database. they can join you. If you decide, yes, hey, that course. person, then they join and... 
And that happens all the time. You know, I'll go to meet somebody thinking, oh, this might be a good match for one of my clients. Then I sit down with them and they're fantastic. It just is not a match. I'll add them to my database. And I'll say, you know, I don't, this isn't a fit right now, but I might meet somebody tomorrow and you might just be the perfect fit. So that's how it works. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. And, and, and just a fantastic option. And it's a, it's a bit of a a retro or blast from the past. Like matchmakers have been around for a long time, but not necessarily. Early, um, you know, contemporary, right? No, and I actually feel like this business and industry is growing since online dating. It kind of took a dip there. Everybody was really excited about online dating. Then, uh, you know, it just, it was disenchanting for a lot of people, especially women. So now I think everybody just wants to get back to the old school way of meeting people. One of the biggest complaints that I hear, and I've been asked by a number of women to say this <laughs> on the air, um, that a lot of men will not disclose their erectile... This is a sex show, a bit of a sex show. Do oh, they right. don't disclose that they have erectile dysfunction. These are guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And, you know, the women's suggestion or, you know, suggestions right. is, you know, get that treated. And there are so many ways to treat erectile dysfunction. So this is sort of where I come in. But, right. you know, and, and through diet and exercise, you don't need pills, you don't need gimmicks, you don't need sonic waves, you don't need all these electroshocks. You know, there are some basic, getting back to basic lifestyle changes that, that men can make and make your dating life better. And so, yeah. you know, because you might find somebody that you're attracted to, but you've got erectile dysfunction and they're not interested. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I could imagine that that's pretty hard to post as well and advertise in an online dating. Yeah, you don't want to post it. No. You just want to get the treatment before right. you post your, yes. that you're available. Exactly. That's it. And there's lots of treatment. And I certainly discuss those on the air um, many, many times. So, Annie, thank you so much for joining Thank you so much me, for having me. The Matchmaker Club. Some great advice. Thanks. Yeah, especially about that photo. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so thanks so much. We'll have you back. And, thank uh, you. And I'll, I'll, let you, I'll send Andrew your way because that's yes. it. I'm done with him. <laughs> Good. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Night Health Show podcast. You can subscribe, rate, or review on your favorite podcast app. And if you've got a question about your health, the nurse is always in. So email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com, and I just might answer your question anonymously, of course, on next week's show. For now, have a happy and healthy week.